So when it comes to running gear, um, you know, boys are built a little different. We got parts on the outside. So you have to get <laughs> underwear. You have to get underwear that is insulated. I'm Steve Holstein, and this is Holstein and Company Show 7489, and I get to talk to Shane Cultra. Shane is co-owner of Country Arbors, and breaking news is customer number two on the waiting list for the new Ford Bronco. So I'll talk to Shane about the Bronco, about honey, about pizza, about underwear, and more. Wow, has it really been over nine months since we last talked? Holstein and Company's last day on the FM dial was June 5th, 2020. And since then, I hear from former listeners of the station multiple times a week. You check in on how I'm doing. I'm doing just fine, thank you. And I get updates on what you're doing. And those are my favorite messages, by the way. Now, a lot of you have asked if I'll be doing a podcast, and uh, well, here we are. And yes, you heard me say up front that this is show 7489, and that's because on the radio, I hosted 7,488 episodes of Holstein & Company. It's crazy, right? Six days a week for almost 24 years, almost 30,000 hours. And so this is show 7489, and I'm glad you found it. Now, what have I been up to since June 5th? Well, I will update you in upcoming episodes of the show, but right now I'm excited to talk to a good friend, a really smart businessman, a new dog owner, Shane Cultra. Now, very quickly before I talk to Shane, I want to know what's up with you. Want to brag about something? Got a question for me? My email is steve at holstein.co. All right, let's talk to Shane. So Shane, I understand you have a new member of the family. Yeah, I have a a pandemic dog. So like everybody else, my wife's been forced to work from home and she's lonely because I work long hours at the nursery and I'm not off home as much. And it wasn't a big deal when she was at the office with friends, but with nobody there, uh, I thought she could use a friend, but she's always pretty much our whole life. We've never had a dog. I grew up with dogs, but we've never had one in our family. And I, I just felt we were too busy. But anyway, someone at work said their sister had a, a silver lab. I didn't even know what a silver lab was, but it was a puppy. And so I brought it home, fully expecting to get yelled at and not talked to for a couple of weeks. But she cried. She was so happy. And they are the best of friends. So we officially have a new Franklin, the nursery dog. And he's coming to the nursery once a week. He's here right now running around. Everybody gets to babysit. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, what a what a what a great experience for a dog. Why uh Franklin? Why Franklin? You know, I I don't I don't we were just choosing names and it came out to be uh we just had people's names, but every name we named was a name of my running partner. And I felt bad calling it Charlie and Pete and and so Frank the tank, he kind of just has that Labrador hip and he just running all over the place so frank the tank sounded too aggressive so he named him franklin that's kind of stuck and that's what he's named but he's a lab so he will get to be a tank i mean they they usually he is going to be huge yeah he's uh vet thinks 80 pounds so he's going to be a big boy so yeah so you already frank franklin jumps in the front of the car you 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 know i don't know what you got an suv a truck and you drive to work in the morning and there he is and he hops out and he roams around and it sounds like the perfect uh perfect dog for country arbors i mean the nursery if you think about the nursery life uh yeah sitting in the front of the nursery thousands of people to greet him it's like a perfect outdoor environment and and I bought a Ford Bronco, you know, I'm mid 50. So I was trying to figure out what to do with my midlife crisis. And so it was poor, sure. And I ended up going with the new Ford Bronco because it looked really, really cool. And a lab in the front seat of a new Bronco, I'm, uh, I'm going to get the attention I don't deserve. You tweeted, I think, about that when Ford was announcing the new Bronco and now uh, we got a waiting list. And I saw you tweeted yeah. 
uh, about getting one or getting on the list, and I didn't know if you were joking or serious. I figured you were serious, but what? What? Uh, tell me about the Ford Bronco. When do you take delivery? Have you given it a name? I I got a. It's like a, a dark gray, almost black color. Yeah, the day they announced it, I looked at it. I've been kind of keeping an eye on what it would look like, and, and I thought it was a great looking vehicle. I put my I can't remember what you do a hundred dollar deposit. Then they tell me, I think uh, the local Ford dealer here told me I was number two on the list and I need to put another thousand or 900 to make it a thousand dollar deposit. I should get it late summer. Uh, and they have 13 locally is what he said. They got 13 vehicles, obviously had more people than that signing up. And, uh, I think they're going to be a little short delivering them this year because of the pandemic and the computer chips. I'm a huge Ford stock owner. So I'm hoping that uh, it's a huge success so it'll pay for itself. So there's going to be 13 Ford Bronco owners maybe by the end of this year. Are you going to have like a little Ford Bronco club or something? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that everybody's going to know who has the other Bronco in town. Uh, I, that's, yeah, I think for another year or two, it's going to be one. And I've never had that before. Like I've never had a car where people talk to you about it. Like I have a Ford Explorer now and nobody says a word to me. Um, but I have a feeling this time, wherever I park it, I'm going to get some people taking some pictures and asking questions about it, which I'll, t- I'll let you know next time we talk whether that's cool yeah. or not. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to, you'll have to give me a ride or at least let me take a selfie with it, right? And then I can share it on my, <laughs> Exactly, <laughs> that's what you'll do. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry you didn't get on the list, uh, you know, people that you meet in the parking lot. You know, I'm sorry you didn't get on the list, but uh, for $10, you can take a selfie with my, Ford Bronco. Exactly. Yeah. Or you could just buy it for me for double what I yeah. paid for. Yeah. That might end up happening, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a patient person, but although, you know, being a year out, that's kind of tough. But again, I hope it, it's a great look. I think it's a great looking vehicle. We're going to, it's kind of a flyer. I have never bought a car. Where I've never seen a, an actual vehicle. I've never even seen uh, one in person before. And I, I spent over $50,000 on something. So I'm, but I, again, I, I do like Ford products, uh, so I've, and I, it was all Bitcoin money. That's for another story, but the money was pretty <laughs> much all free money that I, I figured you only live. And I tweeted that too. I'm like, I'm going to sell uh, two Bitcoin and buy a Ford Bronco, and that's a pretty good trade-off. Now, I know a little bit, a very little bit about Bitcoin, and it's, it's the, the news has been crazy lately. But And so I have a lot of mine that I paid 3000 for. So to have, again, to be able to sell two Bitcoin and get a, essentially a new Bronco for $6,000 is, uh, I, if I held it, it might be $200,000 a coin, who knows? But I know that no matter what happens, I'll have a Ford Bronco sitting in my parking lot that cost me $6,000. I just saw that uh, the Tesla is going to start accepting Bitcoin for payment. It's a crazy world. You know, I'm, I'm a nursery guy, but I'm also an internet guy. So I wasn't in deep like a lot of my friends. A lot of my friends are, are Bitcoin and crypto millionaires, but I had just enough to make life a little bit more fun and, and have some little extra spending money. It's kind of wild to think we're coming up or we're right at about a year of the pandemic, you know, when everything started to blow up. What was that like? What was 2020 like in a pandemic year for Country Arbors? So I, I lived a completely different life. You know, sometimes I feel bad that I have that our year has been so amazing. So I've always lived a pandemic style life other than a travel. I mean, we work it outdoors all day at a nursery and then we go home and go to bed and do it again. I mean, it's been a pretty much a 
farmer's life. And so taking out the restaurants and taking out the drinking and the, that social, I, we weren't real big into that. So, I mean, we still miss it, but it really wasn't a huge part of what we do. Now the traveling was my wife and I love to go to Hawaii. We go to Africa uh, during the winter as well. So I took that out, but at the nursery working and doing things at home or home improvement in general became huge. So for literally one day, so when it, there was that point in March where we all were worrying is the whole place going to close down the whole state. The next day we worked day and night on the internet ability to order on the internet and pick up and we're fortunate we have a coding person that works on our team. So we were able to restructure the entire uh, uh, Country Arbor's website so that you could go and see every plant, order every plant, have it picked up. And it just exploded. We, our sales doubled. Our profits were way more than we've ever had. We added some incredible people because people didn't want to be inside. They wanted to work outside. And so it's just been an amazing ride. I, I um, the pandemic's an awful event, but as far as my life, it made my life the most amazing year we've ever had. Uh, and that's, again, I, I feel horrible saying that, but it was, my life is geared. I have internet domain names, I have uh, Bitcoin, I have all these things that the pandemic just made popular. And I was just sitting there doing it all, waiting for people to come here. But, you know, here's the, like, here's a perfect example of how we pivoted. So fundraisers have been a, a fairly big part of what we do, whether it's selling mums or selling plants and, and to the clubs, and then they resell them. Well, that fundraisers have been almost impossible during a pandemic. But what we did is we set online web uh, fundraisers. So we set their website up for them. They can direct all their club members or members to that site. They order, pay by credit card. And on the back end, they can see everybody that purchased, how much money they made, and uh, organize it and sort it by category or person and then have the orders all ready and they just come to the nursery and pick them up. So they essentially didn't have to do that collecting and getting the checks and, and just all that headache that fundraisers were about. And now it's all automatic and we're rebuilding and retooling. So we're April 1st, we'll have a brand new one that's even, even fancier and nicer. And it adds hundreds of thousands of dollars of sales to our you know, overall bottom line because it, we've made it easier. Now, that's something we should have done all along, but the pandemic forced us into to doing that for them. And now when I, they say, no, we're not doing a fundraiser this year because we can't see anybody. Don't, you don't have to see anybody. Here's what we're going to do. And everybody is super excited. So I'm glad we have the ability to do that. But you know, I look at some of the places, like the restaurants and uh, I feel like they're limiting themselves. The limit in the pandemic, if you have good food, should only be the size of your kitchen because now you don't have to wait for people sitting at the tables. You know, you can just keep that food moving, not for the guy that's sitting there milking his drink and sitting there for two hours at a table. You can get that food out there. I just walk into a place and I think, God, I could, I could revolutionize this ordering system for them. You know, uh, I love Papa Dell's, but boy, I'd sure love to be able to order online. You know, I, I think it, I'd really like to click a couple things and see a little pie uh, that has a time clock on it that kind of lets me know when things are ready. It would make my life a lot easier. I love sitting in there and talking to people at Papa Dell's, but I don't like waiting an hour and 10 minutes in the lobby because I, uh, you know, didn't quite have it quite organized as I thought. Again, worth it. Pizza is that good. But I look at it as a business owner and think I could help their customers. I could really make... I can sell them twice as many pizzas as they're selling. 
if they wanted to. Yeah, I know Brian and Anna that run Jupiters at the Crossing, you know, prior to the pandemic, they were talking about launching a new Italian slash pizza place, and they ended up doing so, launching it during the pandemic. You know, and at first you think you really want to launch a new restaurant in the pandemic, but you know, they, they've looked at the numbers and thought, well, well, you know, pizza is an awesome thing for people to order online and pick up and you don't need a ton of staff. Yeah, no, it's the perfect business model. If I were starting a business right now, I'd do a burrito or a pizza place right off the bat because it's low, relatively low cost. Uh, it, you can move them through pretty much the input cost to starting those kind of places is fairly low comparatively. Um, and people expect it to go. You know, people expect a burrito to, to run out, throw it in a bag and get out of there. People expect a pizza to be delivered or picked up. So it's really not changing that business model whatsoever. So, yeah, I think there's again, but that's how I think I look at something and I don't worry about uh, what's going to happen. I just I just think of the the uh, things that you can do. I'm a I'm an old trader. We used to say volatility is good and volatility is good because things are moving back and forth and it presents it opportunity. When things are moving, there's opportunity. When things are the same time after time after time, everything's probably been done and tried. But when things are crazy, there's a great opportunity. And so when I saw the pandemic, I just thought we can do this. I know we can survive, but we probably can thrive. And then all of a sudden, the customers did it for us. They just come out and all, all we had to do is that beautiful plant sitting out there. For yeah, I know uh, my wife, she's going through her seed catalogs. She, she gets gob, gobs of them in the mail and they're already short. They're, once again, for 2021, uh, there are a lot of plants and seeds and things like that that are short. Yeah, we're facing the same thing. There's going to be Japanese maples were almost impossible to find um, for the spring. Yeah, it's just, it takes time time. That's the, the deal. It's like a tree takes me seven years to, to grow. We were planning for big years ahead and we should be just fine stock-wise, but it's, I love seeing it. Uh, we, you know, we're doing a worm casting. We have wormcastings.com. We have a whole new brand that we're doing and I, we couldn't have picked a better time. The whole world is looking for compost. You know, Deb loves the compost that we got her. She's going to really love the worm castings. You know, we're looking to extend the season. We're looking for synergies, we're looking for um, things that work well in the business. Like we have a new uh, honey line that I'm super excited called Bee House Honey, beehouse.com. And we've got local beekeepers. We buy their honey. Uh, so we have a Champaign County honey. We get some Tupelo from people in Florida. We've got some East Coast fall wildflower. And I've been bottling at night, just straining honey, bottling honey. We have a production team that does the... Uh, the photos and we have a graphic designer we hired full time to do labeling and packaging for all these new businesses. And it's just amazing to build brands and to hire young, incredibly talented people. So you're kind of changing the vibe of the nursery from the old nurseryman, which we all are to having this young staff that can sell plants and be part of the internet and these other stores. So it's, it's just evolving. I mean, I felt we needed more Christmas products and the honey the beekeepers were selling it at the local markets and, you know, it was a lot of work. And I said, I'll just buy all your honey and, and we can sell it here locally. And, and it's worked out fantastic. It's, it's been super exciting. So are you selling it under your own brand or are you selling just varieties of honey that you find and you've tasted and tested from all over the country? No, so that's what we do. So we have the local honey, which we call, it's all under Beehouse. So it's all packaged as a, 
in bottles with the same look and, and, but every label is for the different flavors we found. So we're doing taste testing. Um, we did it this fall and we had 10 new honeys we tried and we added three more. And then I talk every night, like I was talking to a beekeeper from New Zealand that has Manuka honey and just trying to find unique flavor. So we're having, uh, I got coming this week, a cranberry honey and orange blossom honey. And this person has traveling bees who pollinates crops. And he says, Hey, I've got a crop of this or that. And I'll buy a couple, like four or 500 pounds of honey. And then I bottle it myself. And hopefully I'll add staff because I'm spending a lot of time bottling hundreds of bottles of honey. <laughs> but we're going to sell it through the nursery. And uh, we set up a Shopify site that looks great. And I've already got pre-orders just from friends for 300, 400 bottles. Uh, so it's it's been pretty good in the worm castings. I met a guy who wanted to buy my domain name. It turns out he's a huge worm casting guy. I said, how about you just uh, you do sell me worm castings and then I'll take care of it. So, uh, that's kind of how that's evolved too. And we got a lot more, you know, we, I own the domain names. I've always felt the internet was an important part of what we're going to do in the future. So I own all the domain names that relate to our business. I own coleus.com and sugarmaple.com and landscaping.net and you name the plant, I own the domain. So Yeah, it's something I've known about you for a long time because your nickname is Domain Shane. Yeah, that's my other handle. How many domains do you own, if you if you had to guess? So I try and keep it at 500. <laughs> I try and keep it at 500, but I try and keep better ones. Like my best is probably botany.com. And, uh, you know, I get offers for hundreds of thousands of dollars for it, but I, I'd like to sell it for a half a million dollars to fund all my other stuff. But it's like the perfect brand uh, that you know, it just represents so many, the cannabis industry really likes it. They're the ones who seem to make the biggest offers, but it could be soap or anything along those lines. But yeah, the domain names are uh, a true digital asset, which I kind of had an idea. I didn't know that they would get this expensive, but uh, they've really helped pay for the Ford Bronco. And then on top of that, you get up every morning and you've got a running group, right? Yeah. I run 50 miles a week, although this weather has been brutal because we also plow snow. So I've been up at every morning at 4.30 salting or plowing and my running. Uh, I have a coach, so I, I'm I'm a master's, I'm a pretty decent master's runner. I just broke three hours in the marathon. So, um, you know, I've gotten pretty fast as I've gotten older, which is rare, but I have a coach and he's Irish. And I told him, I said, John, I don't think I'm going to be able to run too much. It's going to be cold. I just had so much going on. He said, just don't put on the timber. The timber. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a good one. So if, you're, if your uh, husband's put, uh, put on a little weight during the pandemic, you know, and spring's rolling around, you can just say to him, honey, it's time to, time to get rid of some of that timber. Yeah, exactly. Time to chop the timber down. So uh, yeah, running is an important part of my mental health. Uh, I, I am a really happy-go-lucky person. And I've always felt that the reason is, is I get up at 4.15, I get in seven miles or on the weekends, we'll get in 15, 20 miles and it's therapy. I talk to people. I, you can talk to my running friends. I never stop talking and we really just hash it out and have some fun and get some exercise. And when it's all said and done, no matter what happens that day, you just got a good hour long run. So your day is going to be amazing. No matter what happens, you accomplish something. And I got I really look forward to that. Not every day, but I always tell everybody, you've never looked forward to running before you're running, but when you're done, 
There's never been a day that I'm not thankful I did it. I'm the, I'm the same way. I think, you know, 12 hours from now, I'm going to look back and go, you know, it wasn't the best day in the world, but I walked uh, this morning. As a matter of fact, I walked just under six miles. Yeah. And and it's like, I, you know, if anything, I, I knocked out six miles just walking and listening to podcasts. And I feel good about that. Yeah. I, I, that's why I do it in the morning is it's really easy at night to be just too too tired and exhausted. But if I get it done in the morning, um, I, I always feel better. Again, when I get up, that breaking that cycle of just getting up and doing is difficult because there's a million things that want that tell you to go back to bed and get some sleep. But it's just once you get past that and once you push through it, it it's just fine. And then before you know it, it's routine. Like I, if I Saturday I'm supposed to sleep in. I'm not sleeping in. My body's waking up the regular time to use a restroom or it thinks it's time to go. So it just becomes routine and, and it's been super beneficial to me. That's how I keep the timber off. Yeah. I mean, my, my routine used to be up by three fifteen, three thirty, And even now uh, that I'm not getting up for a morning show, I mean, this morning I was up at four, maybe four fifteen. take the dog out and then went to my office and started working on, uh, on some stuff for my, my business. Yeah. Everybody's got a different biorhythm. Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. And, you know, when I would tell people that, you know, that was like the number one question. If you do a morning show, that was like the number one question. What time do you go to bed? What time do you get up? And I would say, oh. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what time do you go to bed? Yeah. Or did you? Yeah, I mean, I used to I used to shoot for like eight. It was closer to nine, but even now. I'm at 8.30. Yeah. 8.30 to bed, nine asleep. Yeah, I, I try to get to bed by usually nine o'clock because I know that I'm going to wake up no matter what. Even if I went to bed late, I'm still going to wake up at four. So I may as well get seven hours. Nothing good happens after nine anyway, right? <laughs> there you go. What is the secret to running in really cold weather? So the saying in all sports is there's no bad weather. It's only bad clothing. So when it comes to running gear, um, you know, boys are built a little different. We got parts on the outside. So you have to get underwear. You have to get underwear that is insulated as shorts and you wear that. And then you, <laughs> then you wear, you know, the right clothing. You have to layer, you can't get too hot or you'll get sweaty and freeze to death. Mittens are a must in the cold weather. Never wear gloves. You always wear mittens. Mittens are much warmer than gloves. So, um, and then uh, there's this hat that's made by Mizuno that when it gets wet, it actually gets warmer. It's got some silver or something in the lining. So I wear that hat. That's, that, those are my key. I, I really could give talks on winter wear because I can go to negative 20. That's my limit. I don't go colder than negative 20, but I'll, anything that's above negative 20 when chill, I'm running. Yeah, I want to I talk about the mittens because I walk most mornings. I walk every day. I try to put in three, four or five miles, but I have been wearing mittens uh, they're ski mittens, but they're they're great because I got a thin liner underneath. And man, those are the best. You are absolutely right. Not gloves, mittens. Yeah, no, that's people don't understand that. You, your body produces heat, and if you put a little cavity at, that mittens give, it actually warms up your fingers much much faster. People just don't understand that. Now, there's people that have poor circulation; they don't get quite as warm. And then you can throw those little heat packs in there, but mittens. A hundred percent when it's cold, that's all you should wear. Yeah. What about your feet? What are you wearing? Because uh, you're wearing like running shoes. You're probably wearing maybe a trail shoe when the roads are in rough shape. Do you have a special sock? Uh, I don't. So my my feet, personally, 
stay warm and I don't really run through slushy. I mean, I'll get in the slush every once in a while, but I try and keep it on the road during the winter, but I use a product called Krell, C-R-E-L-L and it's a weatherproof spray. And so, uh, it also keeps stains off of it, but if you spray that on all your shoes or boots, uh, the water just runs right off of it and doesn't get in the shoe. So that's kind of my secret when it comes to the shoes. All right, Shane, one more question here. I want to go back to Country Arbors. Um, it's you, the family. How many, how many family members are still involved in running day-to-day operations at Country Arbors? So it's just my brother and I. Uh, my dad has retired. Now, I will say he's here just enough to drive us crazy. So he, <laughs> he is here. But it's pretty much my brother and I running it now. And we have 40 great people. I mean, every single person from last year came back. So to me, that's more telling about the business than anything we do, that everybody that worked here came back for 2021. And of course, we added six more people to that. So uh, it's never been about me. I'm the guide and I'm the personality. I'm the one who I'm the front facing person. Um, but my ideas are just my ideas. Everybody else has, uh, has made it happen. And, and I don't ever take that for granted. You, you know, it's like our wives, like it's one plus one equals three. And, but if you take us away, we're like a half and that's how it is with the, the, the nursery as well. It's just, uh, I'm better because of the people around me. So you and your brother, your brother's Joe, right? Yeah, Joe. Joe's my brother. He's one year younger. And he's now the difference is I've got a 21 year old that's away at college and pretty much I'm an empty nester. He's got a seven, a six and a two. Whoa. And he's he's my age in his 50s. So he is going to be he's going to be a busy man for quite a while. We're two different worlds, same age. Yeah. So you're you're thinking, oh, my gosh, getting a dog, getting a lab. I don't know if I'm going to have the time. And he's like, what are you talking about? I got three kids that I'm trying to raise while I'm running this business. Exactly. I've paid for college is paid for. <laughs> I We travel the world. You know, I have no responsibilities. I don't have any. I've paid for everything because we lived a simple life. And then there's my brother broke because you've got three kids that eat like horses they all have to go to college so you have to save every penny he's like you know it's so funny to see i don't struggle is not the right word but you know he's raising a family is a lot of time so his eyes he's exhausted here i'm like i'm gonna go run seven miles and do this (laughs) and he's like i can barely stay awake listen folks we need to get over to country arbors and buy their their new honey bee house honey so that way brother joe can afford college for the three kids that are growing up okay (laughs) No, there's there's no doubt about it. That uh, yeah, Shane Cultra at Country Arbors. Thanks, man, and uh, take care. Be safe when you're running. Hey, thanks for having me. So I can't wait to take a ride in Shane's new Ford Bronco. And Shane, if you're listening, I have an idea. Maybe a contest where Country Arbors customers get some of the first rides. If you'd like to see a photo of his new ride and his new dog, visit Holstein.co. That's Holstein.co. I'm Steve Holstein. Be kind to each other, but more importantly, be kind to yourself. And I'll talk to you soon. Mittens for the snow time when the world is white. Mittens for